Welcome to another episode of Called Bank Sports. A lot of people have been talking about how this Jazz run is just kind of a fluke and they're not a real contender this season. So we're going to kind of contest some of those opinions and some of those concerns that people have with the Jazz. But before we get into it, don't forget to like the video, subscribe to the channel. We bring out weekly Jazz videos like this, and after every Jazz game, we have a live post-game review. So make sure to subscribe, hit the notification bell, so you can be the first one on those. Uh, and yeah, let's get into it. So, Nate, you kind of thought of some concerns that both you, you've you had with the Jazz and that other people have had. And so we kind of want to bring those up, and we can address those concerns uh, this episode. So... What are some of those concerns that you've been hearing? So the first concern I want to bring up is the 2014-2015 Atlanta Hawks, who won 60 of 82 games, went and were able to make it through the first two rounds of the playoffs. They were the number one seed, and then they got absolutely swept and destroyed by LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. So that's a big concern is... Do the Jazz have the star power that is necessary to make it in today's NBA? When you look at the um, the Hawks roster, you have some amazing names. Like you have Damari Carroll, who's solid. You have Al Horford, who's solid. You have Kyle Korver, who's one of the best three-point shooters in NBA history. You have Paul Millsap, who, I mean, former Jazz man. Absolute great, like, linchpin on playoff teams and can do amazing things. But he's not going to go out and give you like 30, 10 assists, 30 points, 10 assists. So they had Dennis Schroeder, who was a lot younger then, though. So um, and Jeff Teague. So they had some amazing players. They had four all-star appearances, I believe, that year. But That's they insane. were not good enough to beat the Cleveland Cavaliers. So the thing is, are the Jazz another um, Atlanta Hawks or Denver Nuggets who have some great talent, but just aren't going to have the star power in the playoffs. And I have my thoughts on that, and I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that, Dale. So that that Hawks team, that was a really fun team to watch. I enjoyed watching them, but they've looking back on it, like Al Horford, Paul Millsap, I know they were they they were considered like all star locks back then, but even back then no one thought, okay, I have Paul Millsap on my team. I'm now a contender. Um, and so that team was really weird because I feel like they had good players. But imagine just throwing in a star like Donovan Mitchell onto that team. Um, I don't know if they would have beat LeBron because LeBron that year was just amazing. But like they, they would have put up a much bigger fight. So I think that the Jazz are like that team that they have a ton of great role players that fit around their roster. But then they also have star power with um, Donovan Mitchell. And I would... Rudy Gobert isn't as offensive as uh, Al Horford or Paul Millsap, but his defense is... As good as Paul Millsap's and Al Horford's defense was, Rudy Gobert's is that much better. So... And that is yeah. what the Jazz have, and that was kind of my thought, is they have a player who has shown that they can put up 50 points in a playoff game. They have a player who's put up the most points in a playoff series of all time. Granted, they lost that playoff series, but Donovan yeah. has shown his ability to take over the game. So I don't really think that was someone the Hawks had, was someone who could go out and just absolutely take over the game. And 
the real question will be in my mind is, is Bojan coming back? And it looks like he is because the Jazz do need someone who, if they lock down on Donovan, can put up those points. And Bojan and Conley have been showing that this year. Since you said this team was really fun to watch, and I agree with you. And they were fun to watch because they played selfless team basketball, which is why the Jazz are the number one seed right now, is they play selfless team basketball. So the concern is, do they have someone who can take over the game? And I think Donovan has shown his ability to do that in last year's playoffs. So I do believe that that um, takes away a lot of this concern for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this team is, I feel like a lot of people view this team as inexperienced and they're new to being a contender, but they have a good amount of playoff experience, um, like especially Mike Conley. Mike Conley is, uh, there haven't been very many years in his career who, where he's missed the playoffs. So I feel like this team, even though they do have some young pieces like Mitchell, they they have a lot of veteran experience and even Mitchell uh has he been to the playoffs every year of his career? Or did he miss his first one? I believe he made it the first year when they beat Oklahoma nice. City. So, so, yeah, he he knows how to play, win in the playoffs. Like obviously, last year was rough, but they it wasn't due to him. Like he was the reason why they yeah. were still in it in Game Seven. Yeah, no, like he knows how it feels to be in the playoffs. He's had that one experience of winning in the playoffs. But almost most importantly, he knows how it feels to lose in the playoffs. He knows how it feels to miss game-winning shots in the playoffs. And so with all of those feelings, he has just a stronger desire than a lot of players in the league, I feel, just to go out and play his best and try to make up for his mistakes in the other playoff series. I feel like Donovan Mitchell has played amazing. I don't want to knock him. I mean, this is only his fourth year and it'll be his fourth postseason. But like he has that drive to like come back and do better than he's done in the past. And I think that that is just something that you didn't really see on that Hawks team. And while there's debate if he's a superstar, he definitely is an all-star in today's league. Yeah, and 100%. To go kind of on that superstar angle, the question is when what's the last team to win the playoff to win the championship without a superstar? So Lakers, they won it last year, two superstars. Toronto Raptors, Kawhi Leonard. Golden State, need I say more? <laughs> Pretty much fifteen. Did they even have fifteen players on their roster? I think they had like not, three. not with minutes. <laughs> <laughs> not with minutes. Um they're like, hey, does anyone just want to come up? come off the side of the road. We'll pay you half a million dollars just to like fill out our roster. So it looks like we have 15 players to pull from. Um, we only have the money to pay the veterans minimum anyway. So yeah. <laughs> so, Cle- so crazy. Yeah. Cleveland Cavaliers, LeBron James, Miami heat, LeBron James, Dwayne Wade. I, I'm just going to say, I don't know if he's actually a superstar, but he, there's he like, was an he's a first ballot. He's a first ballot hall of famer for sure. Um, Boston Celtics, Kevin Garnett, um, Los Angeles Lakers, 09-10, um, Kobe Bryant, Detroit Pistons, 04. I don't actually know who they had. That's a bit dated uh, for me. They like some people have been. I think I talked about this on one of the chats or live streams that some people are kind of seeing the Jazz as this team because they have a lot of good players. 
uh, like all-star caliber players, but not necessarily all-stars. And because they were all on the same team, like their numbers were a little depleted, but really talented players. Uh, they had like Ben Wallace, Chauncey Billups, Tayshon Prince. Uh, I think they had Rip Hamilton. So, uh, okay, some great players, but and all of them had been all stars at least once in their career before they won the championship. Okay, so if you notice, though, over the last like sixteen years, I named every NBA champion except for one team. Well, I accidentally skipped the Dallas Mavericks. Um, oops, that was unintentional. I named. And- <laughs> And some people might argue that Dirk wasn't a superstar at that point. In the playoffs, yeah. he played like a superstar, though. So, And that's how yeah. Donovan Mitchell is. He may not be crazy in this season, but when it comes to playoffs, he's 100% a superstar. So what's the team I skipped? Do, do you, I'm sure you've got this one. So you went back to 04, and you named... Stick, uh, just so we don't go too long, stick in Texas. So, so you skip the Spurs in the Spurs. 05. Well, in 05 and the Spurs in 2014 and the Spurs in 07. Um, and the Spurs in, <laughs> and they won in 1999 and 03. So if I go back 21 years, then we get well, the Spurs five times. Only so, odd years. Yeah, only odd <laughs> years. I Oh, they 14's an even year. Okay, but, 14's um, even. Ka- Kawhi broke but it. The real question is, is... Kawhi wasn't a superstar when they won in 14. Um, and they have some first ballot Hall of Famers on that team. But have the Spurs had superstars for a while? Or have they had a well-coached team with experience like Hall of Fame players? Um, 2014. That's tough because like 100%. Tim Duncan, for most of his career, was a superstar. Um, Manu Ginobili and Tony Parker, I don't know if they were superstars, but they were all-star caliber players for most of their careers. And, and Kawhi Leonard was young. He he wasn't considered like a franchise player at that point. He was considered, oh, he can hit some shots on offense, and he's an incredible wing defender. Yeah. Uh, and and he won the finals MVP, I think, that year, which was kind of cool. That, um that was kind of fun to see him win that. I so don't they think I, I wouldn't consider any of them as a superstar in 2014, though. Like, I don't yeah. know if you'd call any of them top 10, top 15 players in the league. So they had a great roster and they had one of the all time NBA greats and coaches, Greg Popovich. He's the superstar. And <laughs> I am going to say something that maybe some people are going to get mad at me and blow me up in comments. Quinn Snyder is as good as Greg Popovich. Quinn Snyder is an absolutely amazing coach. And while he's going to need to get a title to cement him there, and while you can't compare him from a title perspective to Popovich, like the way he does his X's and O's, the way he runs his team is just at an other level. That's why he's going to be coach of the year this year. So I really do think Quinn Snyder is more than capable of leading this team to a finals. I don't think Quinn's going to be the reason they don't make it there. Yeah, and that that is kind of a hot take saying he's the same. He's just as good as Popovich, and we could we could argue that, but I definitely see that he is in that superior tier of coaching. Uh, so I would put him in the same tier or like the tier just below Popovich, just because Popovich you need that title. His, his yeah, his record has shown 
what he's been able to do. But look at what Quinn has done with the Jazz. Like one of the big things of why uh, Pop was so good when San Antonio for so long is that culture that he created. And look at what Quinn has done with the Jazz. Uh, watching them on the court, they play better than almost any other team as far as a team unit. Yeah. And, and that's, when you can, that's on the coach. When you can get a player like Jordan Clarkson, whose letter, whose style of basketball is I'm going to go out there and play for myself. Like that's what ISO ball is. And he is able to mesh and somehow still play team basketball while playing ISO ball. That shows a lot about who Jordan Clarkson is as a person, but also just how amazing like Quinn is able to work different t- styles of basketball into his scheme. Yeah. And look at the jazz two years ago versus today where like, uh, I, I guess the roster is pretty different. Uh, they, yeah. they brought in Bo Jan Conley and Clarkson are probably the biggest additions. Um, but the jazz two years ago versus the jazz today are way different teams. The jazz two years ago, were like, okay, we're going to, we're living and dying on defense, but the jazz today are like almost, I, I don't know if they're as good as that team two years ago with, Ricky Rubio and Jay Crowder, but they're really good at defense and they're like, they're crazy good at three pointers. They're living and dying by the three on offense and they're living so far this season. Hasn't, it hasn't hurt them maybe in a couple games shooting so many threes. No, it's the coaching has been absolutely insane. And I really do think that Quinn will be coach of the year again this year. And that the way the jazz are playing along with the pieces they have can lead them to the finals. Um, now this is my biggest concern. My last concern is the hype that we had last season after the jazz went on their 16 and 0 run against mainly low tier under 500 opponents. And then the dread that settled in as they went like three and seven over their next 10 games. So the jazz have beat some great teams this year. They've beat the Clippers handily. They've beat the bucks handily. Um, they have lost, um, five games. Five games, you I mean, Denver's a really good team. Jokic was shooting the lights out, like MVP style. Makes sense. And they lost some games at the beginning of the season. You didn't want to see them lose. But, I mean, they've been on a tear. I think they're 12-1 and one, um, since they opened the season 4-4. Four, four and four. So, mm-hmm. absolute bonkers. But the schedule that's coming up leading into the All-Star break is is my biggest concern where you have Indiana, which is going to be a pretty, which shouldn't be that hard, but then you have Boston, Milwaukee, Miami, Philadelphia, back to backs, not back to back, um, two games against the Clippers in a row. Um, then you have Charlotte, which is good. And then the Lakers on the tw- on the 24th. So what you really need to see from the jazz, I feel like, to like cement them as a contender. And I think they'll be able to do this because they've played well against good teams is going 700 from now until the all-star break. Like that would be insane with the schedule that they have. Like people would have to respect them as a contender at that point, at least over 500. You can't lose over half your games. Um, but this is a hard schedule. The Jazz up to this point have played good teams, but overall it's been a relatively easy schedule in comparison. So this is the gauntlet. I think they're a contender, but this is the gauntlet that is like, you think you're a contender? Let's do this. Especially, it's going to be 
it's going to be playoff level basketball too, like game in, game out. So if they can get through this, then I would not be worried at all about them in the playoffs. Yeah. And the three LA games are some of the most important games over this stretch. Thankfully, the Jazz have nice, the Jazz have at least a day of full rest before each of them. And um, so that's, thankfully they have that. Because if the Jazz somehow go and sweep the Clippers, then they win that tie break. And if they beat the Lakers, then they're a contender. I don't know if they're going to sweep the Clippers because playing a team two times in a row is hard, as we saw against the Pelicans. Um, not against the Mavericks. I expected that second game to be harder. <laughs> I, but I, 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 they, I think they'll win. They need to win at least one Clippers game to make it so at the very minimum there's not a tiebreaker there um, in, in the wins. So if the Jazz somehow get that tiebreaker against the Clippers over this stretch, go 600, 700, they're locking themselves in with a really important tiebreaker and showing the dominance that they can have against, like, not playoff contenders, like, at the very minimum, conference final, if not, um, I guess not conference final, if not championship contenders. Yeah, and, like, it, I'm excited to see what the Jazz do. I feel like in this tough of a schedule, as a fan, it can be nervous, like, oh, like, that's rough. Like, what if they go? What if they start losing? What if they go three and seven in the next ten, like we saw last year? But I think this team is different. Um, they already beat the Clippers this year. Obviously, the Clippers weren't playing amazing at first, and so they'll probably have to play a tougher Clippers team because they kind of have things together now. But they've shown that they can beat that Clippers team. Um, the Lakers, I'm excited for that one. But you know the Jazz, when they saw that they were playing the Lakers, they marked that day on their calendar. And Absolutely. they're doing extra prep all season long to get ready for that game because that's a huge game. Um, the Heat, they're probably those two games are probably going to be like the games against the Mavs where you know it's a talented team, but they're just not playing great together right now. So, so yeah. Uh, the and only they, they already beat the Bucks as well, and the Bucks were full strength. So, yeah. I have hope, but it's going to be tough. The only teams that I don't see possible that I would be shocked to have in the conference finals of their respective conferences from now until the all-star break are Indiana, Orlando, Charlotte, and New Orleans. Every other team, even though Miami's had a rough go of it, it, they could definitely go on a playoff run and make the Mm -hmm. conference finals. So that, and that's like what this is like 13 or 14 games. So you're going to have 10 games over the course of the next four weeks, sorry, three and a half weeks against teams that are like conference title level. So I'm, I'm excited. I don't know if there's any, those are my three concerns that, and I think the jazz will um, prove me right on all of them. This, this, um, the last one is definitely my biggest concern. Are there any concerns that you have or that, that we, I didn't get to? Um, I, as far as game by game concerns, I keep bringing it up in every post game, and yeah. it's, they are sloppy with the ball. They turn the ball over too much, which their offense has been able to make up for that with how many threes that they've made, and their defense has been able to make up with it as well with how good their defense has been. But when you're playing the Lakers and you have 18 turnovers in that game, it's going to be really tough to beat the Lakers at that point when you give the ball give them 18 extra possessions. So yeah. I want to see the that's my one thing that I want to see them clean up, 
But then if they can go beat the Lakers and they still have 16 turnovers, but they just hit 33s or something crazy, then like good for them. Maybe that's just their style of offense where they're just playing loose with the ball and that's how they score so many points. And thankfully, I mean, fast break points really hurt the Jazz, but thankfully they do have a good enough defense that they are playing defense when they turn the ball over. It's not a team like Houston um, of last season or some other running gun teams where they're not playing defense on the other end. So it it hurts to lose that possession a lot more. It still hurts, obviously, but turnovers is definitely one thing that you want to see the Jazz clean up. I I do feel like their numbers are slightly ballooned because of how much garbage time they've had and how they've been able to clear the benches. But it's still definitely in a game last night that was mainly just starters and rotation players having 17 turnovers, even in a blowout, is frustrating. Yeah. But everything else they fixed, those first eight games, I feel like I was on them for every little thing, and they fixed every single thing except for the turnovers. So yeah, I, I think they'll figure it out by the by playoff time. So please let us know what you guys think in the comments. What are your concerns? Why do you think the Utah Jazz are not only um, Western Conference Finals contenders, but championship contenders this year? And have a great weekend. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in.